This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. So, I still have not gotten to the Chocobo death metal music. You still haven't ridden a red Chocobo? No, somehow. I have, however, started to gamble, quote-unquote, at the casino, quote-unquote, which, as you mentioned uh, last time, features two games. Wait, are we recording? Uh, We are. Okay, good. That I, I've yet... Where the f*** is my phone? Why did that make that sound? You shut the f*** up. We are recording a podcast. I'm so sorry. That was unacceptable. Though it did make a Zelda sound effect, which is apropos for the podcast. Apropos? Apropos. Like pro bono? What? Or sunny bono? So introduce the podcast, you son of a bitch. You were talking about uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen too, because because it, because it takes me three weeks to play half a game, whereas it takes you one week to do most of a game. Uh, I don't know what is wrong with me. I believe it's more just that I don't have much of a life. I think is what we're getting at, which is ironic coming from the person who is employed full time to the person who is not employed. Uh, one would think that I would have more free time, and yet, no. It just, it's not working out that way. Well, that's alright. You're yeah. still playing games. I am still playing games, and I'm still playing Final Fantasy XIII 2, and I, I still, I've regained my love for it. That's good. Let's just put it that way. So yes, um, I'm now back kind of in momentum with it. But it was interesting to me because I was playing and my roommate's girlfriend at the time was over and she's watching me run around now i got to um Acad- and now she's no longer his girlfriend is well that what you're trying to say? well not after watching me play final fantasy 13 too that would be enough to scare you away from your roommate's girlfriend wouldn't it yeah it really would right uh well i got to academia the city academia um which first of all when someone said the word academia in dialogue and my roommate was around he goes really they called the city academia mm-hmm. i don't know there are worse names like Palum Porum. Yeah, that's pretty bad too. Um, but but um, she was watching me run around and it was one of those parts where you get to a new city and I had just found someone who said something very interesting to me in the game. She said, hey, guess what I need? I need you to fully explore 100% of every map in the game. <laughs> do you remember this? Of course I do. Now, this means you have to run around aimlessly, pretty much aimlessly, just filling in all the dark blue circles on your map so that they're light blue, Mm -hmm. which is a bit tedious. So I ran around Academia for probably a good half hour, not really talking to anyone. I was just running around. And Mm -hmm. um, it it rose the question, what is your favorite thing about this game? To which I answered, not this part. But (laughs) it's interesting in RPGs, some of the ridiculous things that we do just to get that little extra set of completion. You know what I mean? I think you should probably put the responsibility on the people that make the game (laughs) rather than on yourself. So you should probably be asking, why is this a thing in the game? It seems this... Some things are done so often or so commonly that I think they've just become accepted. Like, oh, of course this is the part where you have to get 100% in the game. Should I not feel that way about 
covering the map because I feel like I've done equally, if not more tedious things in other games, but that are comparable in, in, in meticulousness. Well, here's the thing. Uh, good, uh, good game design uh, would, and, and you're probably not doing what the intention of the designers is, but good game design says, okay, we will reward you for exploring 100% of the map, but that is not going to be your goal. Your goal will be to do all of this other stuff. You will be exploring 100% of the map as you do these other things. Mm-hmm. You are taking it to an odd extreme by just saying, well, time to go explore the map and do nothing else. So <laughs> I, I, would, I would argue that you are probably doing it wrong. <laughs> well, there you have it. I'm doing it wrong. But, but yes, I see, your, I see your point. Yes, you are going to an extreme here to get the 100%. But I didn't hate it. Like, I wasn't hating my life running around. I, I think what she was getting at is, what possible utility can you be getting right now for running around this empty map, trying to just fill it up? And I think my answer was, actually, I verbalized this at the time, is this, this is relaxing to me. Because I was relaxed. Good. It was a good, I don't know, it was a good way to kind of escape. I don't know. I felt that way in lots of other games when grinding, you know? And I will tell you, the most infuriating thing happened in that game, and this is the last I'll say about Final Fantasy XIII 2 before we move on to your game, uh, but I was I was in this part where just all these enemies start raining down the first time you go to academia, and it's all, like, I'm not going to say post-apocalyptic, but it reminded me of, like, a zombie land kind of a thing. Isn't the... Isn't the place called Arcadia? No, it's Academia. Is it really? Huh. Yeah. Well, Arcadia might be the city, but Academia is like the name of the academy. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'll double check. But I'm running around Academia. Wait, a quick Google search will do this. What's the... (laughs) As I accidentally pull up the Enterprise theme. Uh, Academia... Uh, Final Fantasy 13 to Wiki. Because if you add Wiki to the end of anything, it'll explain to you what happens. I really think it's Arcadia. Uh, no, Academia. The new capital city of humanity built beneath Biku- Cocoon. Academia. Huh, weird. Yeah, yeah. Arcadia is something else. My version's way better. Well, you got the European version, which I believe means everyone wears tighter pants and speaks with a German accent. So monsters are raining down. Well, monsters are raining down, and, like, they keep coming. And it's one of those moments battling every four seconds. And I'm tearing through them like a hot knife through butter, as you were complaining about the difficulty a couple weeks ago. I'm just tearing through everything. Then I realized about 15 to 20 minutes into my supposed grinding that they were giving me three experience points per battle. Yeah, and you're fighting them about... Like you said, about every four seconds. Literally, right? and the battles were lasting five seconds. So at first, I'm like, wow, rapid-fire experience points. Nope. So then I was mad. And then it became, it went from, sure, I'll fight every battle every couple seconds, to how the hell do I make this stop? And it's very tedious. Then I unlocked Beatrix, the secret character from Final Fantasy IX, and then I found 20 bucks. So it was all worth it. Weird design choices, I know. right? Some of, the desi- some of the design choices in the game just really... Really weird. Just staggering. But, but I, st- I still Dis- love the game. Disappointed, disappointed that you still have not ridden a red chocobo. The first time you do, again, you're going to have to let me but know. But what's going to happen is I'm going to hear that death metal music, and I'm actually going to turn it down and turn on the Enterprise theme song and just start riding around to that. 
you know, I, I actually don't know which one is worse. <laughs> That's sad. Well, what did you play this week? You must have played something new. Well, I, I did, but oh. uh, before before I played something new, I finished Saints Row the Oh, Third. yes, and how did that end up for you? I would say it was just as good as everything I told you about <laughs> in the last podcast. So so most of the stuff most of the stuff that I talked that I talked about in the last podcast, all that crazy shit, most of that was like um optional mini gamey stuff that there were multiple instances of. Like driving around the tiger in your car, there you know, you do that once, but then there's like three more times you can do that if you want for extra money and extra taking over part of the city and stuff. When so you have to drive and not get killed by the tiger in your passenger seat. Yeah, yeah. right. So that's that's like an optional thing for other parts of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as is most of the stuff that I talked about. So I I like I destroyed everything in the city. I did everything because all that stuff I found it it was all varied. It was all different and interesting to me. I found it a lot of fun. So I literally completed everything in the city. So then I started doing the main quest of the game, like the main quest line. And there are about, I think, 40 to 50 missions altogether or something like that. And uh, when I talked last week, I was probably through about mission 20. And I, I stopped doing the main stuff in the game for a good four or five hours and just did all this side stuff and then i started i I know and i i I really enjoyed every minute of it so and then i got back to the main part of the quest um and just basically mainlined that for the rest of the game and there is still so much crazy shit that goes on in the main part of the game uh that you only get to see once it's like i the, the game is just crazy awesome like crazy awesome. This is ridiculous. Totally over the top. Totally over the top. So, um, at one point in the game, um, the, the basically the the government takes over. Like the like the city goes into martial law uh, because there are so many gangs that are just destroying the entire town that you know the government comes in and they they take over. They declare martial law and then tanks are rolling over everything in the city, blowing everything up, causing more destruction than you were causing. Um, but one of their spokespeople for the military is a comic book well is a a character in a TV show that's based on a comic book in the game called Nightblade. He's a vampire that kills <laughs> What? So, explain so, that hold on. Explain that one more time. Okay, so the military has a spokesperson to try to get people to to join the military uh-huh. to to fight the saints. And the spokesperson is uh, a, t- a a TV star for a comic book that exists only in Saints Row called Nightblade, and he is a vampire. Can you read the comic book in the game? No, but there's plenty of allusion to it from uh, like people on the radio, and like there's uh, you know advertisements for it in in Windows and stuff yeah, sure. like that. So, so one of the quests in the game is in order to stick it to the military. You go and kidnap this spokesperson by dressing up as comic book characters and infiltrating a photo shoot. <laughs> and then when you leave, when you leave the photo shoot, you are attacked by all of the military, <laughs> which for some reason is near the photo shoot. All of the military. Yes, yeah, they like the, basically all of the military tanks and and helicopter planes and crazy shit. So, th- you know, that's one of the missions in the game. 
the, like I said before, there's a bunch of different gangs, and one of the gangs is this cyberpunk Asian yeah. ha- hacker gang that can teleport with swords, uh, like most gangs. <laughs> and at one point in the game, one of the hackers screws over your gang so it's time to go destroy this gang they're called the deckers um and this hacker is their main he's like a 14 year old kid which is funny and then uh and and he's their like main villain so in order to get to him you don't go to where he's at and kill him you steal a chair that allows you to get into the internet to get into his computer and kill him (laughs) So you you steal this chair and you hook yourself up to this chair and everything is all cyberspacey. Everything's all crazy colors and 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 you are a toilet. Um, a, wait, you are a toilet? You do not warp in as a person. You warp in as a toilet. <laughs> like a, a walking talking toilet? Yeah, like like when you talk, uh the lid of the toilet uh oh flaps my open and closed. That gets fixed, and you turn into a person with a Mega Buster. Literally a Mega Buster. Wait, like from Mega Man? Like from Mega no. Man. Yeah, so you have a Mega Buster. And then, and then you're, you're going through this cyberspace area, and this is a good, this is a good long quest. It's like a 15 to 20 minute long mm. mission in the game. Um, and it's punctuated by these random outages in, in cyberspace. The first one is an old-fashioned text adventure game from, like, the 70s. Like, the first role-playing games you've, there ever oh, yeah, were. Oh, where, yeah. where it's just like, you wake up in a dark room. What do you do? Walk north. Only this one gives you, like, four different choices. Of course, there's only one choice that won't kill you. All of the rest instantly kill you. <laughs> and you just go back to the beginning of the quest. But, they like, one is, one is like, you, you find a sword. What do you do? And, you know, one of the things you can do is keep walking. One of the things you can do is grab the sword. One of the things you can do is, like, run back. If you go to grab the sword, you end up, like, tripping over a rock and breaking your <laughs> neck and die. So it's just and, – and your main, you know, your main character is uh, giving commentary throughout this whole thing. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just it's, – it's, it's pretty good. So then you do more of this cyberspacey stuff. You turn back into a toilet. Um, and then there, and then you play a game of tank for the Atari. <laughs> shitting me. No, no, that's like the next thing you do. So, um, and then you go back, and then, and then at the end of this whole thing, uh, you you turn into like a a transformer, and you do like a Gundam style fight with the main bad guy of this gang, um, in a, as a giant transformer with a giant sword, and that's the end of the that's the end of the mission. In this open world uh, sh- gun shooting game, I mean, it's just, it's the craziest thing. It's the craziest <laughs> freaking thing. This is my new favorite game. I know, and you've never played it. I may have to borrow it from you. You, you. There's another part where you infiltrate one of the government planes, and you sneak out. Like the, you make the plane explode, and in in order to not die, you hide yourself in a tank, and you then fly through the air in a tank, blowing up other flying tanks like for some reason there are other tanks falling from the sky as well Wait, what do you mean like, tanks do you mean like military like a, tanks like, like an military, army tank yes like an army tank you are just falling in a tank blowing up planes and other tanks in a falling tank um, <laughs> i'm laughing so hard i can't even function i know and then uh there are zombies 
like legitimate zombies. Right. Yeah, because the government has some zombie gas that, <laughs> that you know, it, it uh, unfortunately quarantines an entire part of the city. And the best part is that so, – so normally if, if you were trying to suspend some disbelief and really get, get a sense of immersion in the game, right, um, zombie gas would fall in the middle of the city and the rest of the town would go crazy. They'd all freak out. The shit would hit the fan and, and the streets would be, would be empty because everybody would be in their, in their houses. That would be in you know, a normal world, in a game yeah. that's trying to immerse you. In this game um, – the gas falls into the middle of the city, quarantines this entire area. There are only zombies there. So if you go to this area, there are literally zombies that are trying to kill you. Um, but when you're walking around to the rest of the city, nothing is wrong. Everybody is just walking around. There are hookers on the street. There are people dressed up as mascots walking around the street just like before. And, you know, in any other game, you'd be like, this doesn't make any sense. But in Saints Row, it's like, well, of course nobody cares that there's zombies in the middle of the city. They've got lots of other stuff to do, you know? So, like, it, it, in this game, it doesn't break the illusion of anything. Um, and eventually you go in there and it turns into a, a survival horror game. Um, and the game may have one of the best cameos I have, I have ever seen. Um, really? Yeah. Who is it? It's Burt Reynolds. And... Are you shitting me? No. So... So at, at near the end of the game, your characters, your characters meet somebody. And they're like, well, we, we have to go talk to the mayor to get this done. And uh, you've, never, you've never been introduced to the mayor before. It makes sense that there's a mayor to this city. But, but you know, your character's like, oh, who's the mayor? And you walk up into the mayor's office. And his chair, of course, is turned away from you. And when he turns around, it, it isn't the mayor voiced by Burt Reynolds. The mayor is Burt <laughs> Reynolds. And he's got a hooker on his lap. Who's basically just kissing him. And your main character, who is, you know, a giant star in this world, is starstruck by Burt Reynolds, which is hilarious because like, oh my fucking god, it's Burt Reynolds. And he, <laughs> Wait, does he speak with a British accent? My guy did. Um You can have a British accent? Of course you can. Um, that makes the game fifty times better already. You can have a zombie voice too, remember? I knew that, but no, but listen, I don't want a zombie voice. I want a British accent. Yeah, basically, you, I mean, have you ever seen the movie, uh, the movie Snatch? You're yeah. Basically, you're basically one of the main characters from the movie Snatch. So it's super cockney? Yeah. Yeah. That is legendary. It sounds, it sounds exa- it's, I mean, it sounds like what you'd think a gang leader would sound like. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, you're, you know, you're, and your main character, he's, Burt Reynolds sends you on a mission, and you're walking out, and you're like, oh, I wonder if he'd give me his autograph. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've been asked the entire game to autograph people's everything. So it, it's just, it's just this, yeah, I know there's just this, oh, there's this wonderful sense of wackiness Yeah, that just is awesome. Um, and then th- just, just one more thing that happens in the game. That's, that's a funny thing that I'll just mention before I close it up is there's a part where you have to, uh, you have to kill the, the gang leader of the Lucadors. Um, mm-hmm. he, and, and well, you're, you're on a mission. It's, the last few missions are to kill him. Like you're working towards killing him, but uh, before you kill him, instead of just killing him, you have to g- beat him in a wrestling match. Um, so the guy who's been training you is actually the one who does the wrestling. He's like a famous luchador that has retired and he's retraining. But throughout the match, there are other wrestlers coming in and, and trying to get into the ring mm-hmm. and dis- and distract the match. 
and you're fighting them with your fists. Uh, and then for some reason, somebody throws a chainsaw from outside the ring to you. And instead of then fighting with your fists and, and like other, you know, a bat or a steel chair, you then start killing everybody with the <laughs> chainsaw in the middle of this wrestling match. And I was, I was just dying. I was laughing so hard because it's, it's so out of place and so random. It's just awesome. It's absolutely awesome. So um, that's just another moment. And that was probably a quarter of the good moments over last episode on this one that happened in this game. Like a quarter of the moments. You've sold this game to me already. Like I literally may go to GameStop and buy that today. I, I really, I, I would, man, I would honestly recommend this game to anybody. I can't imagine anyone not having a good time with this game other than if you just cannot play an open world game. Like for whatever reason. Like if, 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 if it is the bane of your gaming existence. If you have tried everything and you have just hated them all, I can see how you might not like this game, but the sense of humor is just so spot on and so good that I just totally carries this game in my opinion. And if you do like aspects of open world games, I really think that you will just love this game if you and, get it. And you mentioned that you don't like the Grand Theft Auto series, correct? I don't. I mean, I've I really I've never really liked open world games. I did play through all of Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. But that game had a story that really gripped me. Like yeah. I think Grand Theft Auto never really did, but Red Dead Redemption did. So I think that's what carried me through that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't terribly impressed with the gameplay or anything. It's not like I had a lot of fun fighting bandits in that game. In like, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that wasn't all that great, you know. But the, okay. other, the other stuff in the game was good, and that was good enough for me to carry me through the game. But just this game, I loved every minute of playing it. I, yeah. I, it did not get tedious. There were so many things to do. I could vary up what I was doing to, to just make, you know, if I was, if I was getting sick of, like, driving around in, in missions where I had to drive around, I would go to a mission where the object was to uh, cause insurance fraud, so get hit by cars. To, to rack up insurance fraud money. So, like, there, there's just, there's always something different to do that was fun in the game. Yeah, yeah, getting hit by cars is definitely fun. Okay. Well, I was just asking about Grand Theft Auto because you mentioned last week that you dislike it. So, because uh, I, I hated Grand Theft Auto 4. I bought it and literally returned it after three days, which I've never, ever done with a new video game, ever. Yeah, you just couldn't get into it, right? No, I couldn't. Well, actually, it was funny. I ended up watching the fictional TV stations more than anything else, and that was funnier than actually doing anything storyline related. Um, but uh, despite my dislike for Grand Theft Auto 4, I think I'd like this game, as you were able to enjoy it despite your, your dislike for Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah, you know, I, I, think, part of, I think part of the thing is that um, the, the Grand Theft Auto series tries really hard to make like a real world yeah. and and you feel like, like you feel like, I think you're supposed to, I think you're supposed to feel like you're a real like person in this yeah. world. And the things that you're doing make sense. Yeah. Like you're, you're just trying to make your way in this world uh, as somebody with, you know, not a lot of money who, who is doing everything he can to get by. Whereas in saints row, uh, nothing makes any sense. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like a real world. Yeah, but that is what is so enjoyable about it. 
Well, or, well, but the environment makes it seem like a real world because it's constructed like one, but but it's tweaked just enough so that you're not doing real world things in that real world. Right. No real world that any human being would ever live in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like that. there was a game uh, that came out for Xbox 360. It was one of the first games that came out and you played some kind of like super cop and you could level up and jump around buildings and stuff. Do you remember that game? Uh, crackdown, maybe? Crackdown. Crackdown. Did you ever play Crackdown? I didn't. Okay, because I, I played a little bit of it. My friends were obsessed with it because um, it was just an open world game, but you could level up so much that by the time you reached like level 50, you could jump over buildings. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and just like, you know, you just became so super powered that it was ridiculous. Um, and th- they loved that. So um, that's cool. It's, it sounds like Red, uh, it sounds like, not Red Dead Redemption. It sounds like Saints Row the Third took that formula to the extreme and just made it even more ludicrous. And yeah, okay. So yeah. we'll give it two thumbs up, I guess, or however oh. we rate things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, are you familiar with with the term Uncanny Valley? No, what is that? Where it's um, is that where the X Men live? It's well, it's basically it's basically where uh, something is. I want to say it's I want to say it's Uncanny Valley. I might be wrong in that, but it, there's a, there's a term if it's not that where it refers to um, it's it's like a it's like a theory in robotics where something is very close to human but there's just it's it's so close to human but there is just something that is slightly off that it makes it almost almost worse than if it's very different from being human so it's like it's like the faces like the faces in a fallout game everything about the people in a fallout game that is like human about the people in a fallout game makes sense they look they like they feel like humans like what Mm -hmm. they're doing but when you look at their faces, there's just something that's slightly different that is so off-putting from the way that they look that it it's more repulsive than if they weren't humans. Yeah, the Uncanny Valley is a hypothesis in the field of robotics and 3D computer animation, which holds that when human replicas look and act almost but not perfectly like actual human beings, it causes a response of revulsion among human observers. Because the valley in question is a dip in a proposed graph of the positivity of human reaction as a function of the robot's human likeness. Isn't that what I said? Well, that's, I think I was that's exactly. I think that's ex- no, no. I think that's exactly what I said. You is just it? Quoted, you just quoted me. I did not. Well, or Wikipedia. I, I, there's no way to know for sure. Anyway, there, the, there's the, no way. The point is, is what I, the point I'm trying to make is that though the Grand Theft Auto games, I think, um, have a little bit of of this uncanny valley thing in terms of a game design. So like. It's a real world, but there's just stuff that's slightly off in this real world that it makes it not a world you want to be in. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. But in a game like Red Dead Redemption, which is set in the 1800s, so it's not a world that anybody, any of us have ever lived in, mm-hmm. and a game like Saints Row the Third, where the world, there's no possible way this world could be real, it's a fun world for us to be in. And I think that that might be my problem with with grand theft auto is it's trying so hard to be the real world but there's just stuff that's not quite right about the real world so when i'm doing when i'm doing stuff like running into three cars when i'm driving somewhere and and nothing bad happens Mm -hmm. it's like this feels wrong like it just it feels wrong whereas in this game where i run into a car with a motorcycle and the car flips over the building next to me (laughs) that feels right (laughs) so uh I, I, that was why I brought up the whole Uncanny Valley thing. We just got deep. Shit just got real on this podcast. Yeah, really real. 
we I don't even know if we're unqualified anymore. You you made us sound well, you made yourself sound qualified. Yeah, only well, I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. Well, that's okay because I'm unqualified enough for the both of us. I actually just blacked out a little bit. Well, that's because you've been drinking, but that's that's a podcast tradition. It is 11 a.m. So, <laughs> um, that was uh, that was Saints Row the Third. I highly recommend anybody play it. Um, another game that I played, I had a I had a buddy in town um, this week. And oh, okay. Don't invite me. We started uh, Rayman Origins. So, if um, first of all, it's a game a lot like the new Super Mario Brothers. I think it is it is very much trying to emulate that formula of game. So co-op, but you also can and more often than not will try to kill your teammate. Exactly. Okay. Um, I guess I could sum up with this game by saying, let's say I had sex with Princess Peach. Okay. And we had a baby Mario, which doesn't make any sense because you'd think Mario would have to have sex with Princess Peach <laughs> to have a baby Mario. But no, I did. Okay. Uh, and Mario came out the color of Ozma from Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> Crazy colors. Um, okay. And Mario had a crazy, weird, ethnic music playing from him. Okay. Um, what kind of ethnic? Are we talking reggae? Are we talking African drums? Didgeridoos? Didgeridoos, uh, okay. So Australian. U- ukuleles. Uh, okay. And uh, Mario as a baby also had floaty controls. That would be my description of this game. So, um, so no questions this week. No. Okay. So, uh, okay. The the game, like I said, is a lot like New Super Mario Brothers. It is a two D side scroller that plays up to four people. It is a lot harder than New Super Mario Brothers. A lot oh. harder. Oh. The art design is also. If I did acid, which I don't, the game would probably look about half as intense as the acid trip I'd be taking. Like, the amount of colors and the amount of wacky, random crap that is just all over, and just the way stuff looks is just nuts. It's like, it's nutso. Like, there's there's, uh, ice skating, fire-breathing dragons that are holding server trays <laughs> what the there are some doorways that are made out of limes like cut lime wedges uh, so and and the colors are amazing like the game and and don't don't uh don't get me wrong the game is beautiful it's just got a crazy art design but the oh it is just a beautiful game to look at and with all the darks and grays and browns that games have been and like realism that games have been going for it is it's a, it's honestly a nice breath of fresh air to have this like crazy sickeningly sweet art design in this game do you get all your games from lsd.com this game feels like it should be from lsd.com okay i don't know where you're finding these insane games but i'm jealous yeah well okay so it's a 2d it's a 2d platformer um and you know i I loved them when I was a kid, and I still do. This game does it does it totally right. It gradually introduces um, like new abilities and and concepts to you, um, so you don't feel overwhelmed in terms of everything that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a variety of different worlds. Like I said, there's crazy. There's there's of course an ice world, but then there's underwater worlds. There's fire levels. There's your kind of your standard two D levels. Um, it's got, it's got a system where 
you're collecting think of them like coins that are in the levels and they there are also stars that unlock things if we're mm-hmm. making a Mario 64 analogy so you go through the levels and there are basically two hidden stars and then there's a star you get for beating the level and then if you get a certain amount of coins in the level uh you get up to two more stars so most levels have five stars in them okay okay um and these different stars unlock different playable characters they don't the characters don't behave any differently but they just look different kind of like cosmetic stuff um and they also unlock different levels in the game that you can go to and that part's fun like it it i i really think it does it does it right in that it's it's easy to get the star at the end of the level cuz you just you automatically get that star for beating the level it's easy to get the first coin star because it's coins you would just normally get throughout the level again i'm calling them coins they're not actually coins mm-hmm. uh, but getting the second one really requires you to get all of the optional stuff that's in the level and go to all the different uh you know, use the actual platforming ability that your character has and all the different abilities they have to get all the coins that they mm-hmm. can get. So that part's fun. Um, and then the hidden ones are fun to find too because you have to explore. It just makes you explore the levels more. Um, so the actual game design is fun and I think it's good. I do have a fundamental complaint with the game. Oh, what is it, that? The The controls are a little floaty and a little non-precise and when Uh you're talking and when you're talking about like a hard 2d platforming game you need precise controls and that's one of the that's one of the things that mario nails and that like you never feel out of control of your character in mario games ever but in a 2d mario game but in this game i feel sometimes like when i die it was not my fault it was the controls fault that's pretty rough. Right, and that's a problem. Now, that being said, I'm still having a ton of fun with the game. Um, the, like I said, the art design is good. The level design is is fan-freaking-tastic. It's just the, that aspect, I, it, I mean, that's a problem. It really is a problem for a 2D platforming game. Um, the playing two players is so much fun, though. Like Just like New Super Mario Brothers was fun, this game is, is equally as fun. Um I can see it getting a little frustrating if you're trying to play it with a, like a casual gamer because the levels are harder than New Super Mario Brothers levels were. So that other person, if they're a casual gamer, is going to die a lot. But the penalty for death, just like in New Super Mario Brothers, is just you turn into a bubble and then you get popped by somebody else. And it's literally you turn into a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's just a fun game to play. There is zero story. There's nothing that's... There's no kind of narrative that's bringing you through the game. It's just, it's a fun game. It's a fun little 2D game. Okay. And how much of it did you play? How long is it? Uh, and, and was it more funner with two players, or did you not play at all one player? You know, it was, I did play, I played about as much one player as I did two player. I probably played about three hours, maybe four hours of it. Um, there are 256 stars in the game. I have 72. So mm-hmm. I'm probably about a fourth, I guess, of the way through the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the music. I forgot to mention the music because that is, I think, a real showcase of the game. It it really does have didgeridoos. It really does have ukuleles. Uh, it's just the trippiest music you can think of in these levels. 
Um, so like the first, the first whole level, because it's a level and then it's divided into like sub-levels, the first whole level is a bunch of ukulele music and just a bunch of like fun, carefree, jungle-type music because that's mm-hmm. what the first level is like. The second level is called the Desert of Didgeridoos, and as the Desert of Didgeridoos, it has a lot of didgeridoo in it. A lot of drum with rim shot. Ooh, drum with rim shot. Yeah, it's cool. Like a snare with rim shot. It's really cool music. Like it really fits the atmosphere of the game and how crazy it looks. I just got into the third area, which is a lot of acoustic guitar with ukulele with uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks vocals. Are you serious? Yeah. And it fits. I mean, it, it, it's just like the first time I started hearing singing and the fact that it was Alvin and the Chipmunks type singing really kind of threw me off but it totally fits for the game okay it feels like an ass trip it really does uh, right, but fun overall and and you're not you're not talking a lot about the storyline so i'm guessing there's not an in-depth uh anything yeah. just kind of a fun little 2d platformer just grab some stuff collect it and and is the challenge in getting 100 percent of everything or just clearing the levels there's both okay um, yeah so the and and this is why i said it's it's fun both playing by yourself and as two players because as as one player, it's actually easier to get more coins. Uh, the game does a smart thing where it's got, it's basically got a, a mushroom or a heart, so you can take an, an extra hit basically before you die. But if you have a heart and you get another one, you get five coins. Um, so when you're by yourself, it's very easy to not get hit and rack up coins that way because there's quite a few hearts throughout the level. Mm-hmm. If you've got a, somebody else playing in the game... If there's another heart, that heart will automatically go to your companion. You both have to basically have one, have a heart before they'll start to give you extra coins when you get them. And it's obviously going to be easier for two people to get hit in a level rather than just one. So I'm finding it actually easier to collect more coins when it is just me. Okay. Rather than rather than two players. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Some some like in New Super Mario Brothers Wii, some levels are easier single, and some levels are definitely not. <laughs> yeah, and and getting that getting those big coins in New Super Mario Brothers was super easy when you had more than one person because they could just sacrifice themselves no matter where the coin was mm-hmm. and get the coin. Yeah. In in this game, they also have big coins, and these big coins are worth twenty five little coins. So you really need them to get the 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 stars at the end of the level. Oh yeah. Again, I would use the words that are in the game, but none of them make any sense to me. <laughs> well, good. So, uh, but the thing is, you get these you get these big coins, and you have to actually hold on to them without getting hit for about five to ten seconds before they'll actually give you the small coins. So you can't just sacrifice yourself to get these things, which is good because it means that you actually have to be good at whatever it is that you're doing to get them. Mm-hmm. I can see how that could be frustrating for some people, but I'm I'm enjoying the challenge of that. So overall, I would say, I mean, I'm definitely going to keep playing it. It's a great, one of the things that's great about it is I can just jump in and out of it really easily. Uh, each of the levels takes like five minutes to play. Oh, nice. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah, and there's a ton of levels. I mean, I, there's probably 10 different worlds, um, nine or 10 different worlds. Again, I don't know because I haven't beaten it yet, but there's probably about nine or 10 different worlds. Um, there's about six levels per world. There's a nice varied uh, stuff of what you're doing in the levels. Like at the end of every world, there's a, a, there's like a 2D shooter level where you get on a you're on you're on an on rail shooter where you're in a on a mosquito that can both fire things and suck things up mm-hmm. like mosquitoes do, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but it's it's basically a 2D shooter level, so that that breaks up 
the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Cool. All right. Yeah. And the name of the game one more time. What what platform were you playing it on? I'm playing on an Xbox 360. Um, I'm wondering if I might have an easier time with it on the PS3 because that controller to me is a little uh, less bulky. Oh, are you using the D-pad? No, I'm using the I'm using the control stick, okay. but just the controller itself on the PS3 is much less bulky. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I'd have an easier time with it on that. But regardless, it's still fun to play, and I'm still not I'm still able to beat the levels on the Xbox 360. So it's not like I wouldn't recommend playing it on that. Yeah. Um, but the game is beautiful; it really is, and I would totally recommend playing it just for the crazy visuals and and the audio. Yeah, I had never played a Rayman game before. And I hadn't either. I had just heard that this one was good, so I okay. figured I'd. And I had got. I had it on sale for twenty bucks, so I just picked it up. Well, I'm glad you can have fun, even if you haven't played the rest of the series and you don't understand the canon of the storyline. Yeah, I mean, the game starts off by your characters are sleeping on a tree, snoring very loud, and uh, there's a witch that lives under the tree that you wake up, and then she goes crazy and unleashes a bunch of shit into the world, and you have to go kill it. That's that's the story. Sounds pretty intense. It was. It was very intense. I was, <laughs> I was gripped from the very beginning. Good. And one other thing I've been playing, and I'll just mention it briefly, um, is uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, which just came out for the iPad. Oh, God. And, man, I cannot think of a better platform for that game to be on than the iPad. And they they did it right. Um, They made the touch controls very intuitive. They made the camera controls easy. Um, I can't imagine playing this on the iPhone because there's a lot of small writing that you actually have to tap on. Mm Mm-hmm to make stuff happen but on the ipad it's big enough to where i never am mistapping on stuff um and the game runs pretty well there's a tiny bit of slowdown but for the most part it runs really well Mm -hmm. and the ipad is so just move around and go that i don't have to like sit down boot up anything i literally just tap on the app and it starts from wherever i stopped the app at. oh that's amazing even if it was in like the middle of um, of a character's movement it just jumps right back to that moment. So if the game is if the game is such like a jump in, play like one battle and then jump out again. Um, and it's the new translation. It's that new War of the Lions translation. So yeah. it makes a lot more sense to me. I've never actually I've never actually played this translation. Mm-hmm. So the game is already making a lot more sense to me. But I can see myself just sucking a lot of hours or sinking a lot of hours into this game um, over the course of a really long period of time because I'll go to bed. And I'll be like, oh, I, I'm not quite tired yet, but I just jump in, I play one battle, and then it's like, oh, now it's bedtime. Yeah. Uh, I played the translation on PSP, and they they have, um, you know, the quests that you can do in the bars? Yeah. They have joint quests you can do with your friends. Oh, really? On the PSP version? Yeah. Um, you can only do it through local Wi-Fi connection. Uh, but um, my friend Guy has a PSP and War of the Lions and we did one joint quest together and I immediately wanted to do every one with him. So they were pretty fun? Oh my, I mean they're no different than any other quests but just based on the fact that you're playing Final Fantasy Tactics, is it's amazing and the translation is so good. It's so uh, good. It's crazy to me how well the game holds up. Like, oh god, yeah. Like, I, I'm playing it and, you know, the the systems are broken but it's like the game was made with the systems broken yeah. in mind it's, oh, like yeah. they, it's like they knew that you know so all the systems are still just as broken but the game is still so much fun to play and i think it's probably because there is so much in the game there's so many different classes that have all sorts of different spells there's 
more status effects than like any other Final Fantasy game. Um, it's just there's the game is so dense, and that's probably why it holds up so well. It's amazing as, a, as like a tactical RPG. Well, let me know when you get Luso. That's all I want to know. I will. Let, I will let you know. It, it's probably not going to be for a while because the game for me is just turning into this fifteen minute at here or there type thing. Yeah. But but I really like in the back of my mind, I'm you know I want to keep playing it, which is great. Yeah. Definitely. Because most iPhone and iPad games for me are ones where like I'll get them and I'll play it for like a day or two, and the game only costs me a dollar, and then I don't want to play it anymore. Mm-hmm. But this one, I'm definitely, I can just feel myself wanting to go back to it over and over again. So. Well, yeah, it's Final Fantasy Tactics. I mean, <laughs> and for the, for our listener, the main character of Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, that series, is named Luso. And Luso is a seek, is not a secret character. He's just a character that is inserted in the middle of War of the Lions. And he's so broken. He's so broken. As are other characters in the game. His strength was like 5,000 or something. I mean, that's not even a thing in that game. But his strength was so obscene. I mean, he 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 could kill everything in one hit. Everything. It was just ludicrous. So, um, yeah, he's good. Well, I'll let you know when I run into him. So. Yeah, it's a good time. Well, good. Well, that those are some good games um, to cover this week. Uh, great. Well, um, our listeners should probably start commenting on iTunes soon. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, or or our uh, or our webpage, which you can find. Our webpage is unqualified.podbean.com. Correct. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I am at eatplaygame, all one word. Correct, and I'm at producer Cody, all one word. Uh, and we will continue to play video games. I'm we, sure we over the will. coming weeks. Yes, tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your kids, because everybody give me listen to video game podcast right here. Uh, you get the reference? Thanks, listener. I, what are you even talking about? <laughs> that hide your wife, hide your kids guy? Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Hey, listener, thanks for listening. Yes. It's been a long